0: Some days are terrible, you wish that you were dead and some days are magical like grape banana bread. Some day we'll be friends with the voices in our heads. The voices in our heads. Hey, how you doing? Oh, you didn't kill yourself. Yay, good job. Good job everybody. Welcome to Welcome to the Voices in Our Heads oh man i'm i'm recording this episode at the at the last possible second because i've been really scared to do it Be, but i've been working hard on it and this is a this is a you know i originally put the category of this podcast as comedy and i'm going to try to make this one funny but um you know i i am a stand-up comedian because i was basic basically a clown when i was a kid and i was trying to make my mother who was bipolar Uh, happy so that's why I do what I do and I'm really used to putting humor into the dark shit in life so I'm gonna attempt to do that in this episode Um, (laughs) but we'll see I've been crying a lot this week and it's because of these fucking emails that you guys have been sending me it's not I mean I'm glad I asked for it but I wow you guys have been through a lot and I I knew you know because I call us guys we fucked and that podcast has opened up this whole new world of the terrible shit that people go through when they're kids that they've never told anybody which is crazy it's not crazy it makes a lot of sense because sometimes you don't even know when shit's crazy shit could be crazy and if you grew up with shit being crazy all the time you're like this is just my shit I wouldn't say it's crazy it's just the shit I live in so I'm gonna be we're gonna talk about childhood trauma and buckle up baby <laughs> i guess you probably might need a trigger warning for some of this shit i don't know i don't know when i read some of the examples that people have sent in to me um detailing the experiences they've been through that's a, that's going to be a woo, that ain't cute that ain't cute but if there's one thing that's why i wanted to do an episode on this childhood trauma is something that i've i've read so much about and i'm i'm on the on the verge of being <laughs> being sick of it, which is a good thing because you can't just think about the shit all the time. You gotta have fun and enjoy your life. You gotta go outside, take a walk. Like today, self-care, motherfuckers, self-care. Today, I was like, I haven't been out of my apartment all day. It's 4 p.m. Uh-oh. So I went and got a Starbucks and then I sat by the river. <laughs> I sat on a bench and I took slow-mo videos of pigeons and seagulls. And I ran into them so that I could get a cool slow-mo video. And then I felt bad. And, you know, that's one of my side effects of childhood trauma. When I speak up about my feelings, I feel terrible about it. And then that makes me mad. And then I get angry. And then everyone's like, you okay? And I'm like, I don't know. Am I? What is So what is childhood trauma? Great question. The definition of childhood trauma, and this is according to the National Institute of Mental Health is the United States organization. P.S. I just want to say at the beginning, everything I'm talking about here, all the references, the videos, the websites, the books, the songs, all the shit, um, they're they're listed in the resource section of christinahutchinson.com. It's Christina spot like real fucked up, but whatever. Okay, K R Y S T Y N A. So all this stuff, you don't have to write it down because it'll all be on the website. You don't have to be like tweeting me like where is it? It's on my website. But but where it's on the website. But website. Okay, the definition of childhood trauma, this is according to the National Institute of Mental Health. Uh childhood trauma is defined as the experience of an event by a child that is emotionally painful or distressful, which often results in lasting mental and physical effects. So what the fuck does it do to you? What does childhood trauma do to you? So these I got this off of a website. Again, it's gonna be in the resource section of my website um did i title this in my notes according to oh according to the national child traumatic stress network this basically summarized what my therapist who specializes in she does cognitive therapy which is really fucking great if you're experiencing side effects of that i'm about to go over um she specializes in trauma and all the things that i'm about to read from you from this website for national child traumatic stress network what a fun network that is! <laughs> I don't want to go to that holiday party. Everyone's gonna be crying. Um, this is basically what she tells me almost every session when I'm with her because I'll come in and I'll be like, "I don't know how I feel." That's my one of the things I deal with. I don't know how I, I don't know how I feel, and she'll be constantly reminding me that when you're a child and you experience big emotions, your neurological shit in your body is not built to experience an extreme emotion like, uh-oh, mommy hates me, or why is dad punching me in the face? That didn't happen to me, but it did happen to a lot of you guys. Um, and the parent is your main source of food, of shelter, of clothes. Uh, parents are supposed to do things, is another thing my therapist reminds me of, that I realized, like, I don't know if I had this. I did have it because there is video proof of it, but when my mom was in her deep, deep, deep depression, uh, this type of interaction was not available to me. I didn't realize it at the time because I was, you know, three. But a child or parent is supposed to take joy and delight in their child experiencing joy. That's like a thing that's supposed to happen. And that definitely happened to me. But it didn't happen all the time and it got taken away and it definitely didn't happen to a lot of you guys. My God, when we get to this email section... Put put on a seatbelt, okay? Anyway, so here's information from this website. I'm just going to read it directly because they say it in smart people words, and I want you to get the best information. Again, the link on my website. When a child grows up afraid or under constant or extreme stress, the immune system and body stress response systems may not develop normally. Later on, when the child or adult is exposed to even ordinary levels of stress, these symptoms may automatically respond as if the individual is under extreme stress. For example, an individual may experience significant physiological reactivity such as rapid breathing or heart pounding or may shut down entirely when presented with stressful situations. These responses, while adaptive when faced with a significant threat when you were a fucking kid, are out of proportion in the context of normal stress and are often perceived by others as overreacting or unresponsive or detached. And boy, oh boy. Boy, oh boy. I don't know what accent that is, but I cannot tell you how many times in my life... (laughs) I don't think I don't look I can get hormonal and PMS-y and I know usually when that's the case but I also know when that's not the case so just a heads up to all the men out there or some anybody doesn't menstruate don't fucking tell a woman how she fucking feels and then it's related to PMS she fucking knows her body and even if it is and she's like nah just give her a second okay but I would react so extremely to situations like the 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 with men like all a lot of my trauma Bullshit plays out in romantic relationships because I have this idea that, and I think it's because when I was a kid, I had to do a little dance to get my mom's love because she would kind of look at me with a dead face. And for a, a parent to look at a child with that, and they look dead in the eyes, even though we're fucking babies, we pick up on that shit. We're like, whoa, 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 whoa! Ain't you supposed to be playing with me? You're not playing with me. Why you look sad? Is it my fault? Is it me? And so what'll happen is. It's like this automatic survival mechanism that children are born with, which is fucking crazy. Children are so resilient, so resilient. I I venture to say more resilient than adults, because we adults we fucked up and we got all these things in our head that we think are true and they're just not. But when you're a kid, all you got is survival mode, motherfucker. So, for me, for example, this is what my therapist constantly reminds me of: is you weren't getting the responses you need from out of your mother. She would look at you with dead eyes. I fucking played her this video of me when I was 11. I believe I mentioned it on this podcast or one of them or I don't know when I'm talking. I don't even know what it's for. But where I was in front of a Christmas tree and I was 11 and I was really hyperactive and my mom had the camera and she was talking to me and telling me to do things kind of ordering me around. And I was like I showed this to my last therapist but then she retired and I was like no or no, I miss you. Um and she kind of cried when I showed it to her and I don't get why so can I show this to you and can you tell me what you think I don't know I had that like weird gut thought of like show this bitch this video bitch in a very respectful way my therapist is great and I showed it to her and she was like oh my god I'm like what what the fuck do you see what do you see that I'm not seeing oh and I started crying I always cry in therapy Woo! let it out boy girl whatever let it out i cry i'll get into the, i'll sit down on the therapist couch and i'll be like hi <laughs> just because it's a sensitive environment where i know i'm going to share and go into the dark corners of my mind that i don't really necessarily want to go to but i do so anyway there's going to be a lot of tangents like this uh i forget where i was at um oh so i would i what i would automatically do if my mom wasn't giving me the attention i needed or kind of was looking at me like she was dead and And there was evidence of this exact thing in this video that I showed her, because she's like, "Your mom sounds like she's dead because she was very heavily medicated on medications that did not do her justice. And I cannot say this enough. The doctors did not listen to her. I feel so bad for my mom because she wants to get better and she wants to do the work. But when I was a kid, she was so hopped up on medicine that made her do crazy shit. And when she would go to her doctors and be like, "Yo, I don't want to drive my car into a ditch with my kid in it. They're like, but like give it like a week. Like you just have to like give it a second. And she's like, "Really?" I don't want to throw shit at my kids. That's like not something I want to do. I actually really love my kids and I don't want to be behaving like that. Hey, Nancy. Shh. Calm the fuck down. Like she that's the that's the treatment she got from these fucking doctors. This was in Virginia. She has good ones now. Um so a result of this, where was I? So many tangents. Um when the parent is dead in the face and they react to you weird in a way that's, they have a substance abuse problem or uh, are, are mentally ill, the child will automatically think it's their fault because if it's their fault, that's good news because you could do something about it. And you don't, you're don't you not even consciously thinking any of this shit. So I'll go into my therapist's office and be like, why am I such a people pleaser? Why do I bend over backwards for everybody? Not just God, everybody. Um, not all the time, but I'm too giving of myself because... I was taught that if I give all of myself and take both of my antennas and have them pointed at mommy or at whoever the fuck, at 31, whoever, all my life, then I'll receive the love that I want. Oh, girl, daddy, how that works. Learn that the, tar- the hard way. Okay, uh, continuing. For example, uh, okay, stress in an environment, oh, and this causes overreacting. I can overreact to shit. I don't do it anymore as much but man oh man i would feel like i was an octopus and the incredible hulk was grabbing each one of my tentacles like a different incredible hulk was in grab was grabbing one tentacle and and pulling it in one way and then another incredible hulk was grabbing the other one really hard and pulling it like the exact opposite way like all my tentacles were just being grabbed that's how it that's and so it when i was in those um states of i guess hyper arousal you fucking come up to me you text me and i'm like shut the Go away! Like, I just couldn't take it. And then I'm like, why am I being a bitch? And then my friends and, like, my boyfriend would be like, yo, why are you being a bitch? They didn't say bitch because they're nice people. But um, that's what I was being. I was being and, – and when you act – when you react to things extremely and your logical current self is like – Yo, why the fuck am I reacting? I don't want to be reacting this way. But there's like a, you're like Sigourney Weaver and you got an alien in your belly, except it's in your brain and your heart. And you're like, what the fuck? This alien is taking over the system. And I don't want it to be doing that. That fucks up your self-esteem. Anyway, let's continue to read more smart people words. Stress in an environment can impair the development of the brain and nervous system. An absence of mental stimulation in neglectful environments may limit the brain from developing to its full potential children with complex trauma histories may develop chronic or recurrent physical complaints such as headaches or stomach aches Ooh, stomach aches there's one interview that i'll play that i'll be it will be an episode of this podcast in the future it's me and my best friend melissa and she (laughs) we were just talking about stories and she's like you were always really worried that your mom was mad at you and you your stomach always hurt and i was like oh fuck that yeah you're right Adults with history of trauma in childhood have been shown to have more chronic physical conditions and problems. They may engage in risky behavior. Oh, that's your girl. That compound these conditions. For example, smoking. Check. Substance use. Check. 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 And diet. No, I don't do that. Um, well, I eat kid food at night, so maybe that's the thing. <laughs> and exercise habits that lead to obesity. Exercise habits can lead to obesity. I don't get that one, but whatever. Complexly traumatized youth frequently suffer from body dysregulation because your nervous system all fucked up because you you've got dealt something that you weren't designed to handle yet. Your neurological system was not designed to handle it and you're a little kid, dude, you're a kid. Uh, meaning they overrespond or underrespond to sensory stimuli. For example, love me some examples. They may be hypersensitive to sound, smells, touch, or lights. Or they may suffer from conditions in which they are unaware of pain. I tried to cut myself once when I was 11. Because I was like, my mom went away, It was in a mental uh, hospital for a while. I don't remember, I can't remember. I thought that was when I was younger. But I know when I was 11, my mom, like 10 to 11, my mom wasn't really, I don't know where she was. <laughs> but my hair is really curly. And my dad, like, would attempt to brush it. I'm like, no, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. And um, I didn't get it. Like I couldn't brush my own hair because it was so uh, thick and curly and knotted. And so I just wouldn't brush it. So I would just put it up in a clip and I would tell my dad I brushed it. And then what would happen is the hair would mat; It would fucking mat like I was a dog in an alleyway. Like one of those, like the dog from Ariel, Little Mermaid. You know Eric's dog? Eric's so hot, by the way. right? Wasn't he hot? Oof. Um, well, Eric's dog whatever the fuck that dog's name was, like that kind of dog, but who's found in an alleyway who was neglected and their hair is matted. Like that's what my hair started to be. And I, oh my God, I would cry. I would get made fun of in school. But I, I was like, guys, I don't know how to brush my hair, but I was too afraid to ask. Because I didn't even know like your parents are supposed to help you brush your hair. But I also knew enough to tell my dad that I got it and I didn't. <laughs> because I was I was taught or I, I, I was under the impression that I had to figure everything out for myself. And I had to be the parents of my own parent so anyway this really got me upset the hair thing and I tried and I was like I'm sad I'm gonna cut myself with a razor and I took a razor from my like a like a big like a guy's razor like a Gillette you know couple blades ones that you shave your legs with and I like press it up against my wrist and I was like ow and then I threw it against the wall I'm like all right not doing that but I know self-harm is a big thing for some people it's a big thing for some people I tried it (laughs) I was like nope my tolerance for pain is zero uh as a result they may injure themselves without feeling pain i felt that pain but you know suffer from physical problems without being aware of them yo that's fucked up or the converts they may complain of chronic pain in various areas for which no physical pain can be found Ooh, isn't that fun Ooh, that's a joy children who have okay here's some emotional bullshit tell me this resonates with you Children who have experienced complex trauma have difficulty identifying, expressing, and managing emotions. Oh, is this my bio? And may have limited language for feeling states. Again, can't tell you how many times I've tried to communicate to a man that I love how I feel, and I open my mouth, but nothing comes out. There's gonna be a lot of Little Mermaid references in this episode. I did not intend for that. They are just popping up. But you know, when Ursula steals Ariel's fucking voice, that was like me every time. Someone was like, Christina, how do you feel? Or why are you so mad? Where's this anger coming from? Like, uh, I don't fucking know. And then that, then you don't have the words for it and you get pissed at yourself. Because when you think you have to run your own life as a child, you become a perfectionist. And let me tell you something, I used to brag about being a perfectionist. That ain't nothing to brag about. <laughs> because being perfect is impossible. So you're already setting an unrealistic expectation for yourself. Meanwhile, mind you, everybody listening to this, I realize this. <laughs> like I'm, a week ago so I'm new to this whole thinking uh an understanding about perfectionism but I would get really upset with myself when I couldn't communicate and I'm like what the fuck is my problem Childhood trauma they often feel they meaning kids with trauma internalize and or externalize stress reactions and as a result may experience significant depression anxiety and anger mm, so many anger attacks I've had and and I was like well I'll never do it in public because I'm so embarrassed about how I behave <laughs> no 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 I did it. I remember I was outside the Empire State Building once going to therapy and I accidentally erased a video of me at the goddamn comedy jam at Skankfest over the summer and I wanted to see it and I was so mad at myself that I like screamed in the middle of 5th and 34th and everyone's like "Uh uh-oh someone's gonna shoot us and they're like oh it's a girl she's fine. Their emotional responses may be unpredictable or explosive. A child may react to a reminder of traumatic event with trembling anger sadness or avoidance check check check, it. check motherfucking check for a child with a complex trauma history reminders of various traumatic events may be everywhere in the environment like the sky oh that sucks so I made that up such a child may react uh may often react powerfully and have difficulty calming down when upset that's your girl and a lot of you Since the traumas are often an interpersonal nature, even mildly stressful interactions with others may serve as trauma reminders and trigger intense emotional responses. So when you're triggered, a psychological trigger is you're reacting to what just happened that is a low level offense, as if it was the thing that caused you all this fucking fucked up fuck shit in the first place. Having learned that the world is a dangerous place where even loved ones can't be trusted to protect you. Ooh, that hurts. Children are often vigilant and guarded in their interactions with others and are more likely to perceive situations. Oof. Sometimes I just burst out crying when I'm reading this shit and I just got to take a second. And are more likely to... Perceive situations as as stressful or dangerous. While this defensive posture is protective when an individual is under attack, it becomes problematic in situations that do not warrant such intense reactions. Oh, if I had a nickel. Alternatively, many children also learn to tune out, emotional numbing, to threats in their environment, making them vulnerable to victimization. difficulty don't worry there's some good news at the end of this guys i promise you it's not i'm not doing fuckboy theater this episode obviously because i i don't feel like it right now but there's like good news at the end so just hang in there baby difficulty managing emotions and pervasive is pervasive pervasive yeah i read that pervasive yeah i read it right and occurs in the absence of relationships as well having never learned how to calm themselves down once they are upset many of these children become easily overwhelmed for example in school they may become frustrated that they give up um on even small tasks that present a challenge oh my god dude I was making the survey for this exact episode that's going to be in the link on my website where is it your website um I created this survey because I've always wanted to fund a survey on trauma ever since I've read all these rape emails from guys we fucked and I'm like you know what I don't have I don't know how to do that but I can make a Google Doc with a quiz and I did and it's in the description of this podcast as well as the website um, but when I went to do it I'm like there's so many intricate like I had to think about so many things and I had to really put a lot of thought into it and this just this episode in general that I procrastinated guys I'm this I mean this is Tuesday night that I'm doing this and my poor Mike Mike Coscarelli he edits this fucking good I'm sorry man I was procrastinating because I do not want to face these things and it just I was like, this is too difficult. I don't want to do it. And when you're a perfectionist, procrastination is something that happens a lot because you're like, I'm not going to do it until it's going to be perfect. We all can't be Liza Minnelli. I don't know why I use that example, but I did. Children who have experienced early and intense traumatic events also have an increased likelihood of being fearful all the time and in many situations. <laughs> uh, it's funny to me. They are more likely to experience depression as well. Okay, so he, get this, kids, guys and gals. Uh, there's this TED Talk that a couple of you messaged me about and I was like, oh, don't you think I don't know about that TED Talk? Again, the link to this in the thing on my website, whatever. Um, this, is, this TED Talk blew my mind. Because one of the things that was echoed in a lot of these emails, and it's kind of my like journey with the trauma shit, is I didn't realize I was traumatized until I was in college. And the shit happened way earlier. Because like I said earlier, when when shit's crazy, to you it's just shit. And so when someone was like, I had this intake appointment the first time I did therapy after when I was in college. It was after a suicide attempt on my mom's part when I was on the phone with her. It was the night that was the night before I moved away to college too, when that happened. Um, again, she was on medication and it's really hard for me to say what happened without saying that because I'm very defensive and protective over her. Cause sometimes it feels like she's my kid in a weird way. If that makes sense. But um uh i finally that was like the last thing that happened traumatically in my life i would say and uh i was 18 17 or 18 when that happened so i'm still a kid my nervous system is still i'm a teenager but still developing and so i sought therapy like three years later and i was a bro- broke bitch a baroque ass bitch and i was like where's like therapy for poor people and then i found a place it was in lincoln center not in Lincoln Center, (laughs) it was in Lincoln Square, (laughs) they took you on stage, and you're like, now's your time to shine, and we're all traumatized, so we're very good at being artfully creative, Um, it was in Lincoln Square, and they did an intake appointment with me, and then they paired me up with a specialist, or a therapist, and then the first session I had with a therapist after this intake appointment, I was like bawling, blah, 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 and she, and the, the, this young woman goes, well, that's why you're in the trauma unit, and I was like, what wait what nah trauma it it, so it takes I was 22 when I first understood that this was traumatic and you might be 99 right now listening to this first of all if you're a 99 year old listening to podcasts I want to be your grandkid because that's pretty cool but if you're 99 and you're like oh shit oh word shit that shit I went through during the dust bowl that was (laughs) traumatic. my mom was an alcoholic i don't know how long ago the dust bowl was i'm a comedian We do you think i read actually i've been reading a lot lately because i don't have a crush on anybody anyway nadine burke harris what a badass motherfucker so i watched this ted talk when i started i, I found i don't know how i found it but I, this is what around the time where i was like oh that shit was traumatic okay 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 okay, okay. she does a ted talk and it's called how childhood trauma affects health across a lifetime this chick Nadine Burke Harris her name deserves to be said all over town she's the best I love this woman she's so comforting her TED talk is so good I loved I love the way she did it I love the way she talks I love her I don't know she just feels comforting and motherly when she gives it um but these are some quotes from her TED talk some of these are exact quotes and some of these are me summarizing and you'll you'll be able to tell the difference because there'll be there'll be less smart words than the ones that I use (laughs) Uh, But she says childhood trauma affects the brain development, immune system, hormones, and uh, the way our DNA is written. So this shit is in your DNA. People who experience it in extremely high doses are three times likelier to develop heart disease and lung disease. Or lung cancer, excuse me. That is according to the CDC. Yet doctors aren't trained to recognize and treat this in patients. What the fuck, yo? It's rampant. Some examples of childhood trauma, and I've listed a shitload of them on this Google Doc survey that's in the thing I'm watching. Uh, abuse, neglect, growing up with a parent with a mental illness, ding, 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 or a substance abuse problem, which I didn't have, but my mom's biological family, she was adopted, but man, her biological family, oh, violent abuse, substance abuse. Oh, God, it's so bad. Um, abuse, neglect, uh, divorce. People yelling at you, witnessing violence, witnessing your mom hit your dad or your dad hit your mom. Uh, if you have a sibling that went ape shit in front of you. Um, divorce. Did I say that already? Parents yelling. I definitely said that. Um, a lot of shit. So Nadine, this badass angel, she opened up a clinic in one of the a poor area uh, in the San Francisco area. Uh, it's called Bayview. And they provided all kinds of care um, for kids that was much needed in the community F- everything from like flu shots to you know a physical exam and she noticed a buttload of kids and those are obviously my words not hers she's smarter than me <clears throat> a buttload a big old booty load of kids were being treated or were being referred to her for ADHD and she and she she does these asides during her TED talk that are like oh god you're a badass she points out that, she's like, when I was in medical school, this isn't an exact quote I'm summarizing. This is pretty close to what she said. <laughs> but she said when she was in medical school, she ta- she was taught by her professors in college that if 98% or, ni- I'm sorry, 98 out of 100 children, which is also 98%, so funky you, know, uh who drank from the same well 98 of them out of 100 came down with diarrhea you could prescribe them for prescriptions all goddamn day or you could walk over and say what the fuck is in this well and she didn't say fuck because she's better than me her college um or, or her college her colleague so and then she's she has this institution she's like whoa whoa, 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 whoa. why these all these motherfuckers have adhd i gotta figure out there's a reason this doesn't make sense because she's a smart lady And her colleague found this study that she, Nadine, credits to like changing the course of her career, changing her life, changing how she thinks about all this shit. The study's called the Adverse Childhood Experience Study. And it asked 17,500 people about their history of exposure to adverse childhood experiences, which could include, but I'm limited to, physical, emotional, or sexual abuse, physical or emotional neglect, being left alone at home as a child. And I'm talking like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I wanted to be alone more than I was, but I, I think the first time I was allowed to stay home by myself, I think I was 11. And I don't know if that's weird or not because I'm not a parent. So I don't fucking know, but it was fine for me. But some people, according to your emails, and some people that I know, like they, you, they were neglected when they were little kids, they were just home alone. And again, there's this thing where I say, like, my mom had a suicide attempt. When I was on the phone with her, but she was on meds and she was on blah 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 blah. I'm sure the reason that you were left home alone, if that was something that happened to you as a kid, when you were a child, you know, if your parents had to work and fucking if you live in America, it costs upwards of ten 000 to thirty thousand dollars to have a baby in a hospital. I hope you have insurance. That's a billion dollars a fucking month if you live in New York City. That's exaggerated, but you know what I'm saying. So we're all trying our best, but we get fucked up because we're not perfect and our parents are certainly not perfect and this is why this fucking study and this is why Nadine started this institute and is doing this fucking TED Talk and why I'm doing this episode. Um, So she asked, 17,500, the study asked about their history of experience to adverse childhood shit, sexual abuse, physical neglect, like I said, parental mental illness substance dependence incarceration divorce separation domestic violence for every yes you get one point this is an ace score okay and and there is a link um to take this ace score this this quiz and and they'll tell you what it means um an ace stands for adverse childhood experience so for every fucked up thing they're like hey this fucked up thing happened for you yep well that's one point that's one ace It's like a fun game. (laughs) How fucked up are you? And then you could have a struggle off. Invite all your friends over. Merry Christmas. Let's take out some whiskey and see who's the most fucked up. Whoever is wins. So all this shit. So every time you, if you have one of these experiences that it mentions, you get one ace, like one score. 67 motherfucking percent of the population of these people that were, that were surveyed against 17,500 had at least one ace and not for nothing. Each one of these individual little things that's an ace, they suck. And where you're a little kid, they suck and you don't even know it sucks because you're like trying to fix shit. 12.6% had four or more aces, which is so many, man. And a lot of you people that was emailing me, you had four or more aces. For you guys, according to this study, people with four or more, their risk of pulmonary disease was 2.5 times higher developing that then the ACE score of zero. And you were 2.5 times likelier to develop hepatitis, 4.5 times likelier to develop depression. Doi. 12.5 times likely to have suicidal thoughts. An ACE score of seven or more. Uh-oh. Uh tripled their risk of lung cancer by three and a half or yeah, by three times, because triple. Three point five times likelier to develop heart disease, which is the number one killer of people in the United States of America know oh, I said it like that but I did you're likelier to drink and smoke and get addicted to drugs because your brain develops differently well god damn <laughs> that explains it but just because look and this this entire episode is just to hopefully lift the curtain on some of the bullshit that you've been going through that you may not know is there but after you realize it you're gonna be like oh fuck there's a period for me it lasted a couple years where I was like oh fuck dude yo that shit was fucked up. <clears throat> But then eventually, you got to take whatever time you need to, like, be like, oh, fuck. But then you got to, you got to do something about it. You got to. Because you, and, and, and trust me, you can. And I'll, like, go over that, like, later, okay? Calm down. Um, you're likelier to drink and smoke. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. And that's why, you know. Adderall, yay. I drink pretty frequently. I don't drink a lot. But that's because I have a sensitive stomach. But that's because I got yelled at for as a kid for shit I didn't do. So it's kind of cool. Because I don't eat cupcakes and shit because it gives me a stomachache. <laughs> anyway, uh, childhood trauma affects the nucleus accumbens. These are smart people words that Nadine use. And that is the pleasure and reward center of the brain that is implicated in substance abuse. God damn it. <sighs> okay. In, it inhibits your prefrontal cortex. All the, like, childhood trauma shit. It in- inhibits your prefrontal cortex, which inhibits impulse control, which is the area... critical thinking and learning oh it's a critical area for learning so ADHD when you can't pay attention in school oh maybe it's because your dad was punching your mom in the fucking face and then Mrs. Wilson was like Billy the fuck's your problem and he's like dude I don't know because your shit wasn't crazy to you it was just your shit how are you supposed to be like you know teach my dad punched my mom in the face the other night and I feel like it's like gonna affect me emotionally and while I don't really understand the consequences of it at this moment in time it's going to have bad benefits for me later down the road, so maybe we should start it. No kid says that. No kid says that. And if you do, you're Doogie Hauser, okay? And Doogie Hauser was made up. Uh, and in MRIs, this is another thing from this study, it, there is a very clear difference between a traumatized brain and a regular brain. There's a, the, the difference is very clear in the amygdala, which is your brain's fear response center. So, I One thing my therapist has always told me is, Christina, you're always in fight or flight. Shouldn't talk like that, but I wish you did. Christina, like you're always in fight or flight. So like you'd be walking down the street and then like some, you know, something happens. Oh, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause my own example on this because Nadine has a quote that I was like, yo, it summarizes my point way better than I'm about to. Um, but for me, like big feelings trigger fear and I become truly paralyzed. I can't communicate. I don't even know what to feel. And last, last, not last week when I walked into therapy, because last week was Thanksgiving. And I was like, can I Skype you? And she's like, dude, I didn't ask her that. I should have though. Um, But I saw her two weeks ago. And uh, the first thing I said when I sat down is like, dude, I don't know how I feel. And I'm so, I want to know. If you are neurologically wired to engage in high-risk behavior. Oh, you are neurologically. That was a statement (laughs) from Nadine in her TED Talk. You're neurologically wired because what it does is it changes your brain chemistry. So your brain is physically different. So you can't fucking tell me, you can't yell at me like it's your fault, you piece of shit, you're you're addicted to Adderall and you overreact and blah, blah, blah. I'm just using me as an example because I know me pretty well. Um, but you can't come up to me and be like, why the fuck are you an addict or, or like addicted to Adderall? Why the fuck you freak out? Why the fuck do you know how you feel? Bitch, my brain is different, okay? Once I learned that, I felt so much better because I didn't feel stupid. I felt really, like, stupid, <laughs> to be honest. Like, that's the only way I could describe it. I felt stupid for not knowing how I felt because there's so many instances in my life where I'm so articulate. But, like, the last – that um, a guy that I was seeing this past year, every time, he would, like, go to talk to me about feelings and stuff. Or, like, you know, it wasn't often, but whenever he did – i wanted to say things but nothing came out it was like ursula just came and like bitch your voice box is mine but ursula was trauma <laughs> do you like my little mermaid references thank you all those are not in the resources on my website um the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal access axis, axis. that is your brain's stress response that is responsible for fight or flight And when you are hyper aroused as a child, when there is a perceived threat to your safety and that perceived threat can come in the form of um, your mother throwing something at your face or whatever the fuck, um, your fight or flight's going to go, and it's our time to shine. But the fucked up thing about that is when you're an adult, your fight or flight is also like, it's our time to shine. But ain't nobody throwing shit at your head. There's just a bird flying by. And you're like, what? The fuck. But this also explains why I am fucking clutch in emergency situations, and why um, I want to volunteer. I I I've trained to volunteer to work with sexual abuse cases in the emergency room at Bellevue. Cause I've it, it, there's, I'm hard on myself, but I'm also I think I'm pretty aware of the things that I'm good at. I think I'm getting better at it. One of the things I've always noticed in myself is like, damn, I am so clutch in an emergency. I have called nine one one. On strangers in New York, and I'm not talking for bullshit. Someone had to have been bleeding. I'm not gonna just call nine one one and be like, I don't like this part, like that's I'm not one of those ladies, okay? Please. Oh, those ladies suck so bad. I'm not one of those ladies. I've called nine one one, I've seen <clears throat> I've witnessed domestic abuse so much on the streets of New York City. Um I've witnessed an elder not elderly, sixties, sorry. You're not elderly when you're sixties, but like a sixty years year old couple. Um, a man slammed his wife's face into the pavement really really hard and I called 911 and I ran at the man and I got the woman a bottle of water and I very reluctantly got the man a bottle of water because I could tell he was intoxicated and even though he just hit his wife and that is not what love is and that is not how you healthily express love I thought that maybe he could use some water too and then the ambulance took the guy away because I had to like pump his stomach or whatever the fuck and then the lady's like can you walk me to my hotel she was from a really tiny country town in England but my point in saying that is when that happened when I saw that I was like oh I'm on it I know exactly what to do I'm gonna call 911 first I'm gonna make sure she's away from this guy I'm gonna go to the deli I'm gonna go I am so good at that shit and when my when my mother uh it's hard to talk about um but I hope every time I talk about it that means like a little bit of it goes away because I really don't want to relive this shit every time I bring it up (laughs) but I think about it a lot Um, when my, when the suicide attempt thing happened and my mom like ran off in our neighborhood and I didn't know where she was and she was hopped up on pills and, and that happened and she called me and I thought she, basically I thought she was going to, uh, jump in front of a train. She told me she was, and I heard the train in the background and it was the day before I moved away to Penn State and, uh, I was so excited to, for college, but I was like, okay. But when that happened, when a family friend called the house and was like hey we found your mom because so we had been looking for her it's like I, your mom's on the other line I'm gonna patch you through but don't say anything hang up if you know you're there like I when that happened I'll never forget those moments because I'm like okay got it we're not gonna talk dad don't say anything like I just so I, like a like a like a like one of those guys when your plane lands and he's got the big headphones in and the and, and the orange dicks in his hand the orange dildos in his hand he's like yo plane you go that way like that was me um. if oh okay this is the quote this is the goddamn quote oh Nadine so good Um, if you see a bear your hypothalamus sends a signal to your pituitary gland to release all the stress hormones like cortisol your heart rate goes up your pupils dilate as you prepare to fight that motherfucking bear or run from that motherfucking bear I graciously inserted the motherfucking part she didn't say that in her TED talk that's and this is the exact quote that's all fine and dandy when there's an actual bear. But what is, but the problem is, what happens when the bear comes home every night? Yo, uh, Nadine Burke Harris. Oh, that line, that line got me. I felt like I was like in a in. i I've never been in the military before, but I'm like, I, like I felt like all the, because I've been reading these emails from you guys I only put it, I put it on the last episode. I, I, I said, hey, email me a summary of your childhood trauma. I tweeted it once, and then I put it on my Instagram stories once. Let me tell you something: over a thousand emails, and it, oh man, it got and when I, but I was I was reading them. I was like, you guys, we're all superheroes. We're like members of the Avengers. You know, we all got different strengths because of our trauma. I'm clutch in emergency situations. But then if someone asks me how are you feeling, I'm like, I don't know. But if somebody, you know, punches a lady in the face, I'm like, here's what we do. I gotta get mace. Is that legal in New York or is it pepper spray? Let me know. But what happens when the bear comes home every night? Oh, and that, my friends, is life with trauma. Um, you're Yeah, you're neurologically wired to engage in high-risk behaviors, and yet even if you don't engage in these high-risk behaviors oh this was also part of our TED talk then I was like are you fucking kidding me even if you don't engage in these behaviors and you have a high ACE score so you have a lot of shit that's happened to you you're just as likely to develop heart disease or cancer so like you might as well smoke no I'm just kidding I'm just kidding that is not good advice do not listen to me but full disclosure because I I I can't lie to you I wish I could it would probably behoove me if I could like not even lie but like would not just tell you every fucking thing you know oversharing that's one of my things that I got to work on but I smoke cigarettes I know you're probably waiting for like some other bomb to drop you're like we know we see your stories I do I smoke cigarettes um that's not logical thinking but I do plan on quitting one day I think we'll see we all need our vices unless your vice is heroin or opioids or meth that's not good vices you gotta get a different one maybe like take up knitting the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis already talked about that okay so yeah so your fight or flight system it's constantly operating when you're a child and you're experiencing traumatic events but you're supposed to reserve that system ideally in an ideal world you don't grow up in a traumatized environment and that system is reserved when you actually fucking need it but because it's always active, your health don't get fucked up. Because your fight or flight system is always like, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? It's like you're in Los Angeles in a nice restaurant. The second the door opens, you're like, is that Bruce Willis? <gasps> Will Smith? Britney Spears? No, nope, it's just me. But your fight or flight system, it's always acting up. And that fucks your shit up, dude. Isn't this so scientific? Yeah, it is. And what happens when it's a little kid? Their neurological systems, they're not ready. They can't handle these big emotions. And that's the thing. My therapist is like, Christina, your body couldn't handle these big emotions. So it did the only thing it knew how to do and it shoved it deep down in a hole. Now you have to deal with it. They are not wired to process, they meaning kids, to process this fucking shit that happens to them and it fucks up your actual DNA. It, 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 your DNA is written differently when extreme extreme trauma is encountered like the fucking holocaust or slavery those things are such trauma I can't even I mean I don't fucking know but oh my god so so on top of all this shit it's just like when it's something is that extreme like the holocaust or slavery and and trauma fucks up your DNA what the fuck you think you know what I mean like come on I don't know who I'm yelling at but um but there's some good news so, so Nadine she's an angel she created a center for youth wellness uh to prevent um to do prevention screenings oh to prevent screen and heal <laughs> your girl don't do commas when she types so they she created a center to prevent screen and heal the impacts of aces she already knew that the increased likelihood of patients with high ace scores is developed disease so for those patients she created a comprehensive treatment team who tackled nutrition mental health care, home visits, etc. medication when necessary, cognitive therapy when necessary, bilateral music shit that's what my therapist does with me where she gives me these headphones from 1992 and a CD player and I was like, "Wait, where'd you get this?" a vault and she's like, "Shut up." And um I listen to music and like and uh it's in one ear and then in the other and she says it does something to me. I forget what it was. But you can look it up later, okay? I already looked up a lot of stuff for this episode. Um, and the big thing that she does in the center, she educates the parents the same way you could, you would tell a parent, you know, when you're in the hospital and you have a baby, the nurse shows you how to breastfeed. And there's certain there's parenting classes you could take that say, hey, you got electrical outlets in your house and you have a toddler, put a cover on them. No one says, hey, your child may be, you know, experiencing adverse shit, especially when it's the parent doing the thing. I don't even know how that conversation works. I'm sure there's a way that they navigate that dance to be like, yo, you fucking your kid up. And they say it in like a nice way or some shit, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what she does. But that's a really big idea. Educating parents, that's so important. Because when you begin to understand the science, you, you oh, this is, um, I, I said it like I, w- I was saying this because I put it in quotes, but this is Nadine's words, not mine. This is Nadine's words. When you begin to understand the science, uh, you want to shout it from the rooftops. Like she basically is just so excited that she's figuring all this shit out because she can create this comprehensive medical team. Uh, I figured that whenever anybody else heard about this, it would encourage routine screenings, multidisciplinary treatment teams, and it would be a race to the most effective clinical treatment protocols. That did not happen. What I understood as best clinical practice, I now understand to be a movement. And so she created the Opportunity Institute because there's not a lot of education and there's not a lot of treatment plans. Does your family doctor ask you if you've experienced childhood trauma? Probably not. They should. They should. This should be something that everybody is taught in medical school because we, I don't know. Look, I'm not, I'm obviously not a doctor. <laughs> Surprise, <laughs> I'm not a doctor. But Jesus Christ, we're putting band aids on shit. Oh, here's Adderall. You got 80, you can't pay attention in school. Well, maybe it's because my dad's punching my mom in the fucking face. But no one asks you this shit. And you need to be asked because no matter what race you are, what age you are, what uh, economic background you are, you're not immune to experiencing any of these things. And then on top of those things, if you do come from a poor background and you got to deal with that bullshit and the government's laws, wherever you are in the world, the United States, I don't know, wherever, keep you down or they, they prevent you from seeking the help you need from me- for medical costs and you don't go to the ER because you don't have health insurance and you don't want a bill. So you just fucking sit there and go, I guess I'll WebMD it and webmd is like bitch it's cancer you don't even have to type anything in webmd you just go to webmd and it auto generates it just goes bitch it's cancer sorry bye merry christmas like it's not helping so basically she was like hey guys y'all on board with this look at this crazy shit we 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 rediscovered this 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 survey this fucking study that was so cool and I was like, I knew there was something fucked up with these ADHD kids. I'm reenacting what I imagine the dean's like reaction to be upon learning all this shit. Um, and everyone's like, "Yeah, but like, big pharma, or whatever they said." But it blows my mind that this is not a more common thing that is talked about. And um, there's another TED Talk um, by this woman, Danny Bostick. It's called "Breaking the Silence About Childhood Trauma." Um, and I have that link on on the website. Um, and she talks about this is the interesting things that I thought were cool from this TED talk is a lot of members of the military have PTSD. And that is a safe way to talk about it because it happens so far away and it happens to very strong people who made a who who made a sacrifice for a noble cause. So it's like we're more comfortable talking about that than a child being raped. And that's fucking bullshit. We should absolutely talk about military people with PTSD because most homeless people in the city that I currently live in are veterans. And my dad was a veteran. He doesn't have PTSD that, that I know of, but that's so common. And then the VA, so this is getting into a whole new topic because I, my dad has military health insurance. But like there's some rules with the VA bullshit where if you live too close to a VA hospital, my dad has champus, that's the military shit, but he has to also pay for additional, what is it called? Supplemental health insurance. I don't think it's that much for him but there's certain rules where if you live too close to a VA you have to drive to the next one which is uh bullshit oh the next one it's in Kentucky bye I mean I don't know where but a lot of times and then if you have a job where you make 10 fucking dollars an hour and you have multiple children oh so you got to take expect to be take a day off work two days off work find somebody to watch your kids or take your kids with you take them out of school and then gas money if you don't have a car bus ticket whatever the fuck Uber to Kentucky it's a lot of money so being broke also exacerbates all this shit um but th- this TED talk was really good um she talks about her personal experience she was sexually abused by her swim coach between the ages of 7 and 12 um and she didn't realize it until she was older she was like fuck dude and so reading all this shit and I hope that you watch this shit later um and get that this can happen to anybody and I and I, I hope people who are not that didn't have traumatized childhoods are also listening to this and will also take that google doc survey because i'm just curious how many of you have experienced childhood trauma so like i don't know if you could see the results after the survey if not i'll just share them but i'm curious of how many people take it how many of you have childhood trauma how many like how bad was it blah 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 um what else do i want to say oh i didn't realize i was traumatized on college i already told you that um oh and then memory loss the woman who gave this TED Talk, Danny, uh, she said she has no memory of her trauma but, but she had the feelings that had happened to her. So she was getting triggered by various things and she's like, what the fuck? And she has no memory of the actual trauma happening because kids, again, resilient, survival mode, and you do this without even thinking. Oh, this is a good quote. This is a good quote. She says, trauma is like gravity. You don't notice it and you take it for granted. Children are the most disenfranchised group in the world. Sometimes they look okay but they are not Okay. Okay. Before I read off this shit. There's some things that have helped me. And this is, there's a section in this Google quiz shit thing. I should probably word things better. Um, where I ask if you have anything that's helped you that was not listed. something I didn't talk about. <clears throat> that has helped you whether it was a book or a video or a thinking or a meditation or I don't fucking know. Um, put, it, put it, write it. There's like a short form question thing where you write that if you have it. So let's all share the resources for me. these are what things have worked for me the The book the body keeps score because it talks about talks about ptsd in in soldiers that one is a really intense book and it it details sexual assault uh that happened to kids child rape um because the patients it happened to them and I don't like i'm When I say I'm comfortable talking about child rape, it's I'm not comfortable because I like the idea. I'm comfortable because this happens so fucking much that we better fucking get comfortable talking about it. Because if we're not comfortable talking about it, that's how it's gonna happen. So for me, anyway, uh, cognitive therapy has helped me. Bilateral music shit that helped me. Um, My therapist does this thing with me called earth breathing, where I sit on the couch with my feet firmly planted on the floor in shoes and I imagine that there's a ball of energy this is what she told me in the center of the center of the earth and it comes up through my right leg she said pick whatever leg I picked my right leg and comes up so when I breathe in this energy comes up from the center of the earth through my right leg and up to my head and then down my left leg that shit's relaxing as hell it it really is it's very relaxing sometimes I'll be in therapy and she'll be like hey are you calm now I'm like I don't know And she's like are you and then I'm, I'm like my foot's tapping a mile a minute and I'm like yeah fucking fine I don't say it like that I'm not mean to her um so earth breathing helps and then breathing out vu vu like breathing in and then going vu like that that does something to some area of your brain that makes you tired calms you down and so all this stuff and all of this thinking and doing all this research and kind of compiling this episode for you I'm I I look back to some of my childhood and like things I said on guys we fucked like I masturbated a lot as a kid but I I wonder if like my body was like hey girl here's some orgasms, because you had it rough, like, just, uh, not, like, l- like, a way to let off steam, I wonder if that's why I did it all the time, because let me tell you something, I did it all the time, <laughs> and I think that was a healthy thing to to discover, I wasn't harming myself, although I did think that any day now, I'm gonna get pregnant, any day, I was six, any day now, there's gonna be a baby, and I have to tell my mom I had sex, with the couch, or the banister, well, that stuffed twice. um, One thing that has been kind of fucked up from all this, the shit that I've gone through is my gut. I don't, I didn't even know how to get to the, the, hey, this is your gut voice in my head. But recently, my gut has actually, my gut instincts have been like dead on recently. There's certain like little tiny things that have happened where it's a very distinct, like, my gut is telling me that this is, this is the situation. And I've been right. And I'm like, yo, girl, look at you. Um, and then before I, I I'm going to read some examples and they're really heavy, okay? And while, while a lot of us, me, I, I have trauma and it's the cause of a lot of my woes, trust me when I say that you can move past it. And it takes a lot of work and a lot of pain. It's not fun, but man, it's kind of cool. Because when you go to these dark corners of your mind uh, through therapy, that's how I recommend it. Everybody should be in therapy, but especially if you've experienced any of this shit. And if you can't afford a therapist, maybe one of those books I talked about. Um, but we got to work on ourselves. And then we, but we can't get stuck in like, I am this way because my mommy did the thing that, the blah, 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 you know, we can't like, okay, this happened. Now we understand it. Cool. For me, understanding why I operate the way I operate is very helpful because then I can move on with it. And then, and then for me, my goal is to kind of get over it if I can, get the fuck over it. Um, and that's not to say that it's any bullshit on my part if I can't sometimes, or if it comes back, that's normal. That's a human brain. Like it's you, you have to have empathy for yourself. Oh man, <laughs> my therapist, I was being really hard on myself or something, and and she goes, "Hey, can you just have some empathy for yourself, real quick?" And I was like, "Wait, what?" Like I didn't even comprehend what that meant And it's so funny Because I have empathy for so many fucking types of people I have talked to People that have done terrible things via email anonymously, But like you know Like people who are rapists and shit Because I've like wanted to like do like a I don't know I wanted to just get into that And why the fuck it happened so much So I'm like technically a rapist has to be listening to this To guys we fucked. Make a fake email and tell me why the fuck you rape dude and I was in a, I'm in a position where that doesn't trigger me or bother me. But if it did, I wouldn't do that. But anyway, you know, I can, I can, I want to understand why everybody operates the way they operate. But at the same time, I can't fucking give myself a break. Or I'm, I'm learning. That's, I gotta change the way I talk. I'm learning to give myself a break. Um, so about, I'm about to read some examples, and I, I encourage you. I mean, I was getting sad and crying when I was reading these. These are intense. These are really intense. Um, but I encourage you not to. I didn't get so sad as much as I felt like this camaraderie and if you're and if you're listening to this and you've not experienced any of this shit um maybe just have maybe this will increase your empathy for other people the only person I know truly the only person in my life I know maybe my dad maybe but who knows um the only person in my life without childhood trauma and believe me she has her own problems we all do if you just just because you have an experienced childhood trauma doesn't mean you you have a, you don't have other fucking problems also you can get traumatized as an adult but um is Corinne Fisher my comedy partner damn that woman knows how to handle her life Whew. and I'm very lucky to have her as my comedy partner and and because she's like the my living example that it's possible to love yourself it's really truly possible to like really dig yourself and then if you fuck up you go okay I fucked up it's all right You know we are in the entertainment industry you got to get 80 no's before you get a yes so every i mean and that's my glass half full thinking but i'm like let's get to these no's baby so we can get to that fucking yes but like and that's where i my positive attitude comes in and that's good and that helps us but like for her she's just like it's okay we'll we'll figure it out like i don't know she's kind of like got it and it's great it's great to have somebody that in my life that's an example of that and we talk about that a lot on guys we fucked because we're both going through our own journeys and I'm going to plug Guys We Fucked really quick. I'm not trying to like do an ad or anything. But if you're a broke bitch and you live in the US, UK, Australia, or Canada. I wish it was available everywhere and they are working on it. And I know that's what I keep saying. But it's true. Um, I don't have any other answers for you other than that. But anyway, if you're broke, you're a broke bitch. Um, you can sign up for Luminary right now. Um, I think it's like one more day. You can get three ninety nine for the first year with a month free. Just FYI. I don't think I've mentioned that on any of my social media. I should probably promote that because there's only one day left gotta do luminary.link slash gwf that's the link to it and get 3.99 blah blah blah. okay anyway um i will say yeah as far okay so as far as hard excuse me as hard as it is to reach into these crevices of your brain and figure what that you know these are the things that happen when you're trying to figure yourself out and go oh well that's what happened to me um it's so it's really fucking hard but it's really worth it and when you work through the shit it's like it's like you're being introduced to yourself for the first time that's I don't know that's the only way I can describe it for me that's then that's me and it's such a beautiful feeling it's a really beautiful feeling and it's better than any drug I promise okay ready I'm gonna read some emails and these are a bunch so And these are from men, women of various ages, but I'm not gonna specify that because this is all anonymous, okay? So I'll like take a pause, I guess, in between each one, you'll know. When I was three, my mom had a brain aneurysm. Instead of my mom taking care of me, I had to learn how to take care of my mom and myself. My dad had to focus most of his energy on my mom and my 13-year-old brother who turned to hard drugs to cope with it because mom would always be handicapped and never an independent person. I was left in the dust and had to figure out life on my own. I'm now 23 and dealing with all the trauma that came with that, not being cared for emotionally because my dad didn't have any nurturing, uh, didn't have a nurturing side to him. My mom was always the balance I needed in my life that I never got, it, that I never got. I've been a caretaker for my mom since I was three, and now I barely know how to take care of myself because I'm always thinking of other people first. No one ever took care of me, so how do I even take care of me? Ooh, that one hit home. Okay, next one. So when I was in fifth grade, my dad was accused of molesting a high school girl. He was a teacher. He was found not guilty. But after the trial, I found naked pictures of my brother's underage girlfriend, who was also in high school at the time uh of this happening then after that he slept with another one of my boyfriend's girlfriends who was who was he was in love with oh i found out this years later but that shit fucked me up fam to paraphrase he fucked two of my brother's girlfriends in high school oh brother's girlfriends so she fucked two of my brother's girlfriends in high school this is her dad um never looked at my dad the same and i wonder if anything actually happened with that girl who accused him well guess i'll never know also after all this happened my mom became a raging alcoholic and pill pusher and was never the same again the end (sighs) my biggest trauma is that my dad repeatedly molested me when i was five to six and i tried to tell my mom about it when i was 13 but she didn't believe me they are still married and i still have to see him at every family gathering I feel so worn out from the trauma I carry around every day. I know there are other people out there who are also experiencing this, I just haven't met anyone. So hopefully if you do read my story, maybe it will resonate with somebody and the weight can be lifted from them a little bit. The hardest part about this trauma is how taboo it is to talk about it. The people I've told always give the same sad look that I'm just so tired of seeing. I feel alienated from everybody I know, especially my family. The second hardest part about having this trauma is how difficult it is to live a productive life i have two jobs and i still can't pay my bills i feel such little drive to try at things and reach for my dreams growing up i had so many dreams and goals and as i get older i feel them all slipping away from me i know deep down it's because of my shitty self-worth and feeling like i don't matter i wish i could just relive another person's life sometimes but I have to tell myself there's worse things that could have happened, and I'm thankful for the life I do have. I've also been going to therapy, which has helped. Oh, that's great. I get free therapy through my local domestic violence shelter, which I had to go to because of my not-so-surprising addiction to abusive men. So if anyone out there needs a resource, shelters are great for that. Oh, good to know. Anybody? Anyway, this is way longer than I wanted to. Blah, 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 blah. Um, uh. and it sounds probably sounds a lot sadder than how I feel at the moment well that's good I feel okay just tired when I was eight my mom and dad put me on a oh this one's this one's four. Oh, yeah. Uh. when I was eight my mom and dad put me on a plane to India they are both from there with my paternal grandmother my mom and I both thought I was just going to learn where I came from and come back home to Canada in a few weeks. Instead, as soon as I landed on Indian soil, my dad's sisters and their husbands took my return ticket and they ripped it up. They told me my mother and father sold me and no longer wanted me. What was supposed to be a fun two-week vacation in India turned into two long years. I was physically, sexually, mentally abused throughout that time. They put me in an Indian school where everyone spoke the native language with me. I didn't speak to my... Uh, Oh, they spoke the language to to me. I, I assume she means I didn't speak to my mother at all and started to believe she did send me away. My dad came to visit once. I cried so hard and leaped into his arms. At this point, he was painted as a saint to me and my mother was a terrible, evil woman who was mean to my dad and my other sibling who still lived in Canada. He was a boy and therefore my dad wanted to keep him close and he was aware of the abuse going on. Actually, he encouraged it. Two years later on summer break, a car pulled up and my maternal grandparents were in it. Keep in mind, I hated them because they were supposedly in cahoots with my evil mother. They put me in the car and took me to the airport. A few days later, I was back in Canada. At the airport, my mom was waiting for me. I hit her. I kicked her. I punched her in the face. I was an angry 10-year-old little girl. Long story short, I was diagnosed with PTSD and Stockholm Syndrome. I wanted to go back to India. It's been 13 years since I came back. It took six years of being on two to seven pills at a time, being on suicide watch at a children's hospital therapy, and going to a special school for a few years to help me be somewhat normal again. And I haven't spoken to my father in six years. And I recently learned that my mother, who didn't sell me, okay, uh, yeah, she said that in all caps, who did not sell me, paid him close to $100,000 to get me back. Oh, shit. But I wouldn't take it back. Had, had I stayed there or never even left Canada I would have probably been married off at 20 and had three kids by now instead I'm on my way to becoming a cop oh. and I feel like I've broken this East Indian cycle of abuse in my family I still get bad thoughts and anytime I see a dad or a daughter together it seems weird to me like he's a creep or something I can't see that relationship purely anymore that makes sense I had a tough time with relationships for a while and my relationship with my mom isn't so great but I'm fucking here damn dude damn girl shit thanks for thank you everybody okay there's there's a lot more there's more I'm not gonna it's not gonna go on forever but these are the ones that I'm like I try to pick some diverse ones too like of just various situations at the age – okay, so this person lists their three things. At the age of four, seeing my dad in a blackout, drunk, drug binge, threatening my mom with a rifle. My mom managed to get my two sisters out to the neighbors and called the police. I was left in the house with my dad, and my baby brother was in the other room in his crib. The police surrounded the house trying to negotiate surrender. SWAT ended up breaking in through the back to rescue us. I have a clear memory of my dad sitting next to me on the couch holding his rifle and trying to comfort me as I cry hysterically. I can also clearly remember a SWAT officer boosting me over the back fence to a waiting officer. At the age of 12, an older man I met off the internet came to my house. He had sex with me, taking my virginity without ever asking for consent. It wasn't violent. He wasn't forceful, but I did not feel in control or able to say no. At, oof, okay. At the age of 13, my dad told me that he has HIV. This is all the same person. This is the last one that this person wrote to me. Age of three, or At so, the age of 13, my dad told me he has HIV. He insisted that I cannot tell my siblings. For the next six months, I have no one to talk to lean or to lean on while I was processing and grieving this. It sent me into a deep depression where function was nearly impossible. As a 31-year-old woman now, I resent his selfishness in forcing me to keep such a secret. Here's another person. I don't talk about this with many people or like ever at all. When I was four, I was sexually abused by a girl who was a bit older than me. I remember the sexual abuse happening like it's not buried in my mind but apparently I went for counseling and I have zero memory of it sometimes I worry if I just think I'm bisexual because of this experience which is really fun smiley face here's another one I started getting molested and raped by my oldest brother's best friend when I was five he was 12 he would hide me under the bunk bed say I was his queen and he was my king he uh when we got up When we got too big to hide under the bunk bed, he would make sure my brothers were distracted with games and he would take me to the closet and rape me. It stopped when I was 11 because my parents found out because I had wrote a note to my best friend telling her I was scared and confused. Jeff was 18 at this point. My parents talked to his parents. The raping stopped, but Jeff was still allowed over our house. That is really just the start of the trauma because after knowing they did nothing and they didn't really care, really fucked with me. And that though my mom started beating me oh jesus after oh sorry after that my mom started beating and abusing me verbally saying she hated me and wished she would have killed me now i'm 30 and have a halfway decent relationship with my parents after years of therapy and multiple trips to the psych ward jesus um Okay, this other person lists them. Number one, my father was uh, travel for business and was out of town six to seven days per week. My mom held it down, but they would fly. They would fight horribly in the days he was home. Two, Thanksgiving when I was ten, my mom found out that my dad had been cheating on her with multiple women, including one long term relationship three my parents divorced and my dad married his long-term mistress likely because one of my now stepsisters is his actual daughter four my dad moved to england with his new family and as i got older i would occasionally visit him i came to realize he had a horrible drinking problem that my mom hid from us i was excited when i turned 16 so i didn't have to be in the car with him while he was drinking and driving anymore it was illegal for me to drive in england but safer than him driving i fell in love when i was 16 with a boy who took his own life on our third year anniversary oh my god I'm still in love with him five years later one uh six (laughs) it's all one person one year after my lover's death I had just turned 20 at this point I found myself in physical uh in a physically and sexually abusive relationship I kept going back because of how painful my survivor's guilt was it's fucked up but I was punishing myself with this horrible person uh seven, I go I, I got out, found help. I'm doing much better now, but I still have daddy issues and I was diagnosed with bipolar too. I believe strongly that my mental illness is strongly linked to my childhood trauma. Okay, this is another person. Only a couple more. When I was a toddler, my mom tried to talk my dad into murdering me. Damn. And then themselves. Ugh. From then on, my dad trained me to survive no matter what, even if it meant killing my own mom. God damn. It saved me from her many murder attempts And it saved me from when I was ho- a homeless teenager But now I equate guns with safety And revert to feeling like a helpless four-year-old About to be thrown down a flight of stairs Every time someone talks about banning them See? Fucking that person I would, ca- I, would sac- I would I can't even fucking talk um, That's a trigger If someone Like so if, if I don't know who wrote this Guy or girl or what But um, If someone's bringing up gun safety And you get that heated You're probably emotionally triggered So You know, maybe this is one of the reasons why political discourse is a little fucking hard. Uh, Okay, here's another person. When I was five, my next-door neighbor's 16-year-old son, also my regular babysitter, would molest and rape me. After telling my mom, she physically beat and injured me for telling lies. Uh, Here's another one. My emotions and feelings were dismissed. My parents wouldn't care if I was crying. My mom and extended family insult and belittle me. My dad would would chase my siblings and I with a belt and whip us for being annoying. I'm the only sibling carrying the emotional burden of my parents' short separation when I was 10. Depression came early for me. Never felt love or compassion from family. Okay, here's one. My best friend's uncle died, oh, sorry. My best friend died when I was eight and no one told me why. My cousin died when I was 10. My parents divorced when I was 15. My uncle died when I was 16. Then there's the college bulimia, sexual assault, depression, suicidal tendencies, and anxiety. But that's more adulthood. Okay, oh when I was nine I watched my brother 14 at the time go through a mental breakdown and come within inches of stabbing our mother he snapped out he snapped out of it after a few minutes and put the knife down to this day my mom still finds random knives that I took out of the kitchen and hid from him okay two more two more as if being a hormonally or hormonal 13-year-old wasn't enough to make me feel awkward, rejected, and alone, my father committing suicide really drove all that home for me. For me, this was the ultimate rejection by the man who was supposed to love me and show me how I should be loved as an adult. Ooh, okay. <laughs> that one hit home. Um show me how I should be loved as, as an adult I'm now 31 and have been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder and complex PTSD I've got a I've gone a long way I've got a long way to go and a ton of shit to unravel but super proud to say that I'm kicking life's ass okay this is the last one I'm gonna read my mom had a ruptured brain aneurysm when I was seven it happened during sex so my dad thought she was climaxing but she was actually losing consciousness I woke up to I woke up to him naked, screaming and sobbing. The ambulance came and took her away. During surgery, she flatlined. They saved her but lost part of her brain. When she was in a coma, lived in the ICU, lived in a rehab center, then she finally came home a year later. Oh, she was seven down, but never recovered. My dad worked almost constantly to cover the medical bills and keep us afloat, so I rarely saw him. My mom coped with her new life in deep depression with substance abuse. I dealt with that and physical abuse from one of my brothers, both of which got worse and worse as time went on. For example, he would beat me up while I was sleeping, drag me down the stairs, and duct tape me to the wall by my hair. My mom picked me up from school drunk, if she even came at all, and once hit a tree with me in the car. When we took the car away, she rode my school bus to the gas station to get wine. Oh. When we were told the driver, when we told the driver and took her ID, she hitchhiked and had others buy alcohol for her. When we took her cash, oh, God. When we took her cash and she got fired from her final job at Wendy's and couldn't make money anymore, she some finally stayed at home but somehow still got wine. <laughs> The fuck she getting this wine. She got drunk once and forgot she was cooking and didn't notice the house was burning down. Oh boy. We lost everything in that fire. My dad and I lived in a shitty Super 8 uh, hotel room while they investigated, processed insurance, and rebuilt. My brother stayed with friends. We sent my mom to live at a rehab slash assisted living facility. I was 14 at the time, and I've been taking care of her ever since. She never improved mentally or physically and had two more strokes. She's now partially paralyzed slash disabled, incontinent, and with very different and difficult personality, but sober. My dad died suddenly when I was 29, a heart attack while mowing the lawn. And I became her legal guardian. Oh, boy. I consider myself an orphan who definitely had a traumatic childhood. But, and this is why I saved this email for the last one. She says, this is my happy, happier adulting. I am now trained in trauma-informed parenting and am a licensed foster and adopted parent. My husband and I are all about to welcome our first little dude for adoption in a couple weeks, assuming all goes as planned. I work at a women's leadership institute, raising the confidence, aspirations, and leadership skills of high school girls across the state, many of whom have traumas of their own. I also serve on a board for a dance organization, coach cheering and gymnastics, practice yoga, volunteer with youth and immigrants. God damn, girl, you're good. Have a few rescue animals. Jesus! (laughs) travel the world 43 countries and counting make art and make a whole lot of love my mother my mom and brother are still challenging and I'm still grieving the loss of my father but life is much 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 better so in conclusion if if you have the time take the survey that I I made up in the description of this bio Uh, I'm reading I read all those emails in the hopes of making you feel less alone I hope that that's what that did. Or if anything, if you, if you have no relation to these experiences and you don't even know, can't even comprehend these, honestly, good for fucking you. And I'm sure you have your own shit. That's not included in all of this shit. We all have our shit. And that's why I'll say it to the day I die and do this podcast still. It's a miracle we all even killed ourselves. And one book, there's this book, The Body Keeps Score, that talks about childhood trauma. Another book that's on the resource section of the website is called Feeling Good. Um. Uh, by David. It's called yeah, feeling good now or feeling good. Shit, I think it's called feeling good. It's by David Burns. The link and all the shit and the proper titles on my website. But um, but th- so that this book by David Burns. First, I had to do the work to be like, Oh, that shit was traumatic. That shit was fucked up. And then it's like, Okay, well, now, what are we gonna do about it? Because like, cool, 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 I can blame my mom all day. Like it's what else? Because this is the good news. This is the good news that I think is very exciting and very promising. We can, we can end this. We can contribute to ending this by helping ourselves and by being curious, and by talking about this shit, and by sharing our experiences and by not keeping things in and by seeking therapy and by reading books and by talking to one another and by treating everybody that you encounter in your day-to-day with kindness, truly, truly. Because I I think of all the times that I've had an interaction with, I don't know, customer service or somebody where the guy the guy or girl was just being a fucking dick. And then once I dove into all this shit, I'm like, I have no idea. You you just listened to all those emails I read. Do you fucking think you're going to know that that's what that person been through, went through when you have, like, this really short interaction with them? I'm not saying it's fine if people are dicks, but I'm, I am saying that there's a reason they are, and maybe they don't know that they're traumatized yet. Maybe that's not even what it is. But just let's have some empathy and be kind to people. Like, that's, like, the one thing that I think we should all be doing all the time is just... When we have it in us just be kind to people because life is hard it's so hard it's so hard man and for all the people I've just read that their experiences that's hard so so this book Feeling Good by David Burns it actually gives you some tips. It, it, he, this guy, it's really great. It's kind of clinical, but I like the way I, I, I listened to the audiobook of this. I had the book, but I was like, I don't have time. I got to listen to the audio book. And I, I listen to the audiobook over and over again until the shit sticks. And it basically c- encourages you to challenge your own thinking. So I, one thing that I think all the time is like, oh, I'm a lazy piece of shit. And then David Burns would be like, Christina, is that true? No, it's not true. I did all this I'm sitting in front of this Beautiful Christmas tree That I decorated In under two hours Go me And like I, I I'm not lazy But I tell myself I am Like we we kind of The voices in our heads Can sometimes be Really fucking mean So I think in order to Make any sort of improvements We need to start with Being kinder to ourselves Dude Dudes You gotta be kind to yourself So I hope you enjoyed This episode I'm gonna make next week's episode Like real light and funny <laughs> Don't you worry Take the survey. I'm keeping the um donations. My aunt Wendy, um, who's my mom's biological sister sister, speaking of childhood trauma, they grew up. their biological mother before they were adopted, tried to murder them many times. and that's why they were put into foster care. My mom was there was attempted murder on my mom and her sister Wendy and apparently they ate muskrat soup according to the court documents <laughs> fucked up right um but wendy who is i'm i just reconnected with and i'm really happy she lives a very simple life in arizona on a horse farm in a trailer and she doesn't have a lot of money and one of her horses that she loves very much had this freak injury where he scraped his bones and i have a go me i'm going to keep it up for another week if you have like a dollar it's a dollar it doesn't mean it hasn't had to be anything but i just wanted to you know the goal is I think 3500 And I'll make sure it gets Like I'm gonna donate I'm donating a bunch of money to it, But just to see I don't know I want the world for her And so if people can donate a dollar You can And if not Don't fucking worry about it Seriously Don't worry about it Life is expensive And shit's fucked up So don't feel guilty Not that you would But That was more for younger me all right guys so and also um the meetings that I talked about going to uh, that links also on the resources uh adult children of alcoholic and dysfunctional families I went to those meetings with um my comedian uh, friend Justin Silver um and they've helped me but then I didn't need them anymore because I was like all right this is enough I don't I don't need this so take things with grains of salt and understand that it's kind of also possible to get addicted to self-help and maybe that's a good thing maybe it's a bad thing everybody's different but just know like okay take some time to go rollerblading or some shit. You know what I mean? Take some time to do fun shit. Take some time to go to the zoo or whatever. I don't know. Whatever you think is fun. Color. So what I'm doing right now after this, I'm going over to my friend Aya's house and she has the cutest daughter, the cutest child I've ever seen in my whole entire life her daughter is named Izzy and I and I wanted to I texted her today and I was like dude can I come over and color with you and your daughter after I record this episode and she was like yeah so that's what I'm gonna do um but do fun things okay thank you for everybody who's emailed me we are not alone you are not alone trust me you are not alone this shit will get figured out we are in this together okay what's the high school musical song we're all in this together I'm sorry I did that to you um But we got this we got this and it's going to seem like a lot of times that we don't got it and that's normal and thank you for not killing yourself this week so you can make it to this episode i really appreciate it and don't kill yourself it's normal to want to sometimes but if the ideology gets really intense and david burns has a really great chapter on suicide in this book feeling good um please if you can seek medical help immediately there's like a, a way to assess Um, How serious you are with these thoughts If it's just something you're pondering I don't think that suicide threats Should ever be taken as Oh you're just acting out emotionally I think they should all be treated As if they're a reasonable threat Because the thing is When your neurological system is fucked up And you're never in touch with your feelings And as an adult you feel suicidal That actually makes a lot of sense Scientifically That you feel that way But there are ways to stop that Okay There are So please (laughs) I love you all Next week's gonna be a lot lighter. Have a great day. Be the change you wish to see in the world. And I will say that we should take a day to break away from all the pain our brain has made, the game is not played alone. And I will say that we should take a moment and hold it and keep it frozen. And know that life has a hopeful undertone. And I will say that we should take a day to break away from all the pain our brain has made, the game is not played alone. And I will say that we should take a moment and hold it and keep it frozen and know that life has a hopeful undertone.